Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived at our website, you can find our Boomer's General Store and links to many, many places you can hear our podcast. You can also reach us at babyboomertales at gmail.com. Thank you for riding along. Halloween will be in a few days, and I thought I would bring you some memories of that trick-or-treat bag. Remember that bag? You go up to a house and trick-or-treat, and they throw some candy in there. So the memory I want to bring you about candy, specifically chocolate. For our unusual facts about chocolate, number one, it helps prevent tooth decay. Number two, the USA consumes about one half of the world's chocolate. Number three, chocolate melts at about 90 degrees Fahrenheit. That's why it melts in your mouth. Number four, Cadbury invented the heart-shaped box of chocolates. Number five, milk chocolate was invented in Switzerland. Number six, the lady that accidentally invented the chocolate chip cookie sold the recipe to Nestle for a lifetime supply of chocolate. She should have got millions. Now for the song of the week. In 1962, the song Monster Mash was released. It was written and sang by Bobby Pickett. A lot of people called him Boris. It was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 the week before Halloween. The narration went like this. Boris Karloff's voice, a mad scientist, whose monster rises from his slab to perform a new dance. During the Halloween season of 2021, 59 years later, it made number 37 on the Billboard Hot 100. Amazing. Do the mash. Do the monster mash. When I was about 10 years old, I'd go around trick-or-treating, but I was starting to get old enough I'd wanted to soap the windows of the Main Street stores there in my little hometown, north central Colorado Rocky Mountains. 8,000 feet above sea level is quite chilly usually on Halloween night. But the older kids walked up and down the Main Street and soaped the store's windows while those little kids went around trick-and-treating house to house. There wasn't really much vandalism and the soaping of the windows really helped the town because everyone had to wash their windows the next day when business opened. We really didn't see much vandalism back then in that little town. I don't know what it's like today. I hope they do the same type of things. Our biggest worries were finding a razor blade in our candy. We were always warned about that. Today, these children have much larger concerns it's a dangerous world out there, and it's really too bad that that age of innocence that I was privileged enough to experience is gone. Now for the top 10, 55 years ago. That's the top 10 pop songs this week in 1967. 
number 10, incense and peppermints, strawberry alarm clock. Number 9, you make me feel like a natural woman, Aretha Franklin. Number 8, your precious love, Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell. Number 7, Soul Man, Sam and Dave. Number 6 by Vicki Carr, It Must Be Him. Number 5 by The Soul Survivors, Expressway to Your Heart. Number 4, How Can I Be Sure, The Young Rascals. Number 3, Never My Love by The Association. Number 2, The Letter, The Box Tops. And the number one song this week by Lulu, To Sir With Love. Now, for the finger. When I was a little kid, I got in a terrible accident, about killed me, pulled a glass water bottle, at least a five-gallon one, full of water over on me and knocked me out, flattened my head. When I came to, I pushed myself up and cut my finger real bad on a piece of the glass from the water bottle. Freaked my mother out. All I can remember is pulling that bottle back on its stand, pulling it backwards, think I was in a spaceship. My next memory was them taking stitches out of my finger. Slice that sucker. Well, my scar I'm looking at is about two inches long going up and down on my middle finger or my right hand. To this day, I cannot close my fist all the way. The other night a fly was bothering me as I was trying to read in bed. Somehow I slapped that sucker a little bit silly. I got out of bed, grabbed him with my right hand, and I can't close my right hand all the way. So I was concerned that fly was going to fly out of there, but I got him to the toilet and threw him in the water, flushed the toilet, and bye-bye fly, that's what you get for bothering me. I was just going to leave him alone, figured he'd just die, you know, it was late at night and I was tired, but he wouldn't, he kept buzzing me, he even kind of bit me. Now you say, flies don't bite, they do out in the country, we have biting flies, when I mow, they bite me all the time, so it must have been one of those got in the house. I remember seeing him in the garage, and he must have come in the door when we came into the house from the garage. I don't know. We don't have a lot of flies, but, you know, flies happen. Show me a house that's never had a fly or a spider, and I'll show you somewhere in Antarctica, I guess. Anyway, that finger has always kind of, when I talk about it, it starts itching. I become aware of it. So just sitting here... I'm not really aware of it unless I'm talking about it. But when I go to do something where I really need to close something or open something or something that's difficult, it's there to remind me that there's a scar running up and down it and I can't close that finger all the way. So I can't close a fist all the way. I can't yada, yada, yada. Poor pitiful me. I know, we all have scars. And I've talked about this before. I went into great detail how it happened on one episode. Clear back couple years ago, I guess, two or three years ago. That's okay. I wanted to talk to you about the finger because when you saw that or heard that, the finger, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? 
It's an obscene gesture that somebody is trying to insult you or threaten you or show you how tough they are or, in my opinion, how stupid they are by flipping you the finger. It is that middle finger of your hand. It's usually shown to you with great disgust and anger issues coming from the person that does it and kind of a challenge, what are you going to do about it? And it's not my favorite thing in the world, I'll tell you what. But it does get your attention if you say, I'm going to do a podcast called The Finger. I think that's what I'll name this podcast, The Finger. Either you'll listen to it with great anticipation or maybe you won't listen to it all because you think that I'm doing some obscene gesture and making a whole podcast about it. So I apologize if you miss this one because of that. Of course, you'll never hear my apology because you're not listening to the podcast. Yuck, yuck. So I think I'll do a little Forky and Earl here about the finger. And now we present Forky and Earl. One Halloween night... Earl went to Forky's house and said, Forky, let's go. People are soaping the windows and we're sitting here just talking. Forky said, Earl, have we missed a Halloween yet? Earl said, No, Forky, we have not missed a Halloween. Forky said, And I'm not planning on missing this one, Earl. Let me get my coat on. It's cold outside. So Forky and Earl walked down the stairs at Forky's house and walked outside and looked left and looked right and looked back left and said, let's go down Main Street. So Forky and Earl started walking with a bar of soap in each hand and they started to soap the windows of the bank. And Forky said, don't write your real name, Earl. They'll know who did it. Earl said, Forky, I was born at night, but not tonight. And Forky said, you're funny, Earl. So then they went to the Conoco station, and it was still open. And Forky said, we better not try to soap these windows, Earl. They'll get us. So then they kept walking, and the next place was the bar and cafe. And it was always open. It didn't matter what day it was. And Forky said, a double dog dare you, Earl. Soap their windows. Wart will probably catch you, and then you'll be sorry, Earl said. I was born at night, Forky, yada, yada, yada. Ha, ha, ha. Forky said, Earl, you're funny. Earl said, I know, Forky, but looks aren't everything. And Forky said, hi, guys, what's going on? And all the guys that were soaping windows at the bakery the next door down said, we're soaping windows, Forky. I just wrote your name on that. Ha, ha. So Forky and Earl kept walking. And they walked by the trail riders. And Forky said, They're open too, Earl. Better leave them alone. And then they went to the trading post. And Earl said, Let's write Uncle Charlie's name on the window, Forky. Forky said, Who's Uncle Charlie? And Earl said, Uncle Charlie owns this place. And Forky said, I thought Francis and Jay owned this place. And Earl said, And Uncle Charlie, Forky. And Forky said, write your name, Earl, so they'll know that you came here. And Earl said, no way, Forky. And then they went past a couple houses, and they looked across the street, and that's where Forky screamed so bad the year before. And Forky said, 
Earl, go across the street and see what's going on, Earl said. I'm not going over there without you, Forky. Forky said, I'm not going over there with anybody, Earl. Earl said, good plan, Forky. Forky says, I know, Earl, but I had fun, even though it scared the bejiminies out of me. And Earl said, you were scared, Forky. And Forky says, I know it, Earl. And then they went on, and there was the Ford garage. And they wrote some stuff on some windows, like, buy a Chevy, and Ford, Ford, Ford. Can't you come up with anything original, Earl? Earl said, I don't know, Forky. My dad likes to drive Fords. And Forky said, let's keep going, Earl. So they went on down, past the drugstore, past the barber shop, past the pool hall, and they turned at the Columbine Cafe and started walking towards the hill. Forky said, let's go check out the cannon, Earl. Earl said, I check out the cannon every Halloween, Forky. And Forky said, I know, Earl, I go with you every Halloween. So they trudged up the hill and they got to the cannon and Forky said, I wish we could roll this sucker down the hill, Earl, Earl said. I don't think we're strong enough, Forky. And all of a sudden they heard a ooh, ooh. Forky said, you hear that, Earl? Earl said, I'm not deaf, Forky. Forky said, oh, we better whisper, Earl. So they whispered back and forth. And all of a sudden, this finger came out of nowhere. And Forky goes, That's a finger, Earl! Earl goes, Where's the hand, Forky? Forky goes, It's just a finger, Earl! And they started running, and the finger started chasing them. And Forky goes, I'm scared, Earl! And Earl says, Don't be scared, Forky, it's just a finger! And Forky says, What if the finger catches us, Earl? And Earl says, Maybe we'll be dead, Forky. And Forky says, I hope not, Earl. I want to go home, Earl. And so Earl and Forky ran down the hill and they ran to the Columbine Cafe and they had on the right and they ran past the pool hall and they ran past the drugstore and they ran past the barber shop. Oh, they had them turned around. Yeah, they ran past the barber shop. Then they ran past the drugstore and then they ran past Earl's dad's store and they ran past the Ford garage and they ran past the trading post and they ran all the way to Forky's house. And Forky said, I never saw a big finger like that chasing anyone in my life, Earl. And Earl said, Forky, I think that was all our imagination. Well, that'll about do us this week. I try to do a little something for Halloween every year. Not because I like to celebrate Halloween at all, because I don't. But I had some great memories when I was a kid. And no, we were not chased by a giant finger. Always be kind. It's the best way. Really, it is. I'll be back next Wednesday. Don't shout, just peace out. He's scarred. He's mutilated. He can't bend all the way. Beware. He'll poke you. He'll pinch you. He'll rub you out. Now, come into theaters near you.
The finger. <laughs> <laughs>